Peace be upon you. Uh, I was planning on doing a different podcast topic, but due to the uh, recent events in uh, Paris, I wanted to change the topic to uh, freedom of speech. Uh, in the past, we talked about the Quran and liberty, and one of the items we discussed was uh, this concept of freedom of speech in the Quran, and I wanted to dedicate this entire podcast to that topic of freedom of speech. Uh, but before I do, I want to emphasize just how disgusting of an act killing innocent individuals is, according to the Quran. And this is best depicted in chapter 5, verse 32, where the title is Grossness of Murder. It reads, Because of this we decreed for the children of Israel that anyone who murders any person who had not committed murder or horrendous crimes, it shall be as if he murdered all the people. And anyone who spares a life, it shall be as if he spared the lives of all the people. Our messengers went to them with clear proofs and revelations, but most of them, after all this, are still transgressing. So these murderers who killed you know, innocent individuals who did not commit murder, did not commit horrendous crimes, um, it's as if they killed every single human being on the planet. And according to this verse, the real transgressors are those murderers. You know, these are people who are claiming that they uphold God's religion, uh, that they uphold the Quran, and it can't be farther from the truth. The Quran strongly advocates all sorts of freedom, uh, be it freedom of religion, freedom of expression, uh, and in particular, freedom of speech. And God is not short on words for this topic. And nowhere in the Quran do you see God advocating the silencing of individuals, irrespective of their belief. And this is actually a characteristic that's carried out by the disbelievers in the Quran. And um, so when you're silencing someone, you're actually doing something that is an attribute, a characteristic of a disbeliever. And this is best depicted in the example of Moses when he went to Pharaoh. So when Moses went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh summoned his uh, experienced magicians to compete against Moses. And we see this history in chapter 20, verse 65 through 71, where it reads, so this is the magicians. It says, the magicians said, oh, Moses, either, either you throw or we will be the first to throw. Moses said, you throw, whereupon the ropes and sticks appeared to him be, uh, because of their magic as if they were moving. Moses harbored some fear. We said, have no fear, you will prevail. Throw what you hold in the right, your right hand, and it will swallow what they fabricated. What they fabricated is no more than the scheming of a magician. The magician's work will not succeed. 2070. The magicians fell prostrate, saying, We believe in the Lord of Aaron and Moses. Pharaoh said, Did you believe in him without my permission? He must be your chief, the one who taught you magic. I will surely sever your hands and feet on alternate sides. I will crucify you on the palm trunks. You'll find out which of us can inflict the worst retribution and who outlasts whom. So here's people who basically, the magicians at the time of uh, Pharaoh, saying, We believe in the Lord of Aaron and Moses. And Pharaoh's response is, I'm going to kill you, right? And it's very similar to what we see today, where someone, in essence, is uh, depicting, you know, um, some material that someone isn't fond of, and the response is, I'm going to kill you. And another example of this is in 788. It says, the arrogant leaders among his people said, we will, we will evict you, O Schweb, together with those who believe with you from our town, unless you revert to our religion. He said, are you going to force us? You know, this is uh, the, uh, the prophet Schweb asking people, are you going to force us to believe the way you do? You know, God, again, this is a characteristic that you see is carried out by the disbelievers. God very firmly advocates the freedom of religion, says there's absolutely no compulsion in religion. And this is spelled out in 2.256. It reads, there shall be no compulsion in religion. The right way is now distinct from the wrong way. Anyone who denounces the devil and believes in God has grasped the strongest bond, one that never breaks. God is here omniscient. So God is telling us no compulsion in religion. We cannot force people to believe the way we do. And it goes even further. God dedicated an entire chapter to this topic. And it's in chapter 109 entitled The Disbelievers. It reads, 
in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, say, O you disbelievers, I do not worship what you worship, nor do you worship what I worship, nor will I ever worship what you worship, nor will you ever worship what I worship. To you is your religion, and to me is my religion. Right? It's saying, look, if someone doesn't believe the way you do, this is the response. To you is your religion, to me is my religion, and you leave it at that. Nowhere in the Quran do you see that God is advocating um, violence and uh, uh, aggression towards people who do not believe the same as you do. And this is best spelled out in uh, chapter 2, verse 190 through 193, and it follows uh, basically the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle is you are not allowed to aggress unless aggressed upon. And in 2.190, it reads, You may fight in the cause of God against those who attack you, but do not aggress. God does not love the aggressors. Right? If someone draws something that offends you, that is not attacking you in the sense of a physical abuse. You have by no right from God to aggress against someone who did not aggress against you. And it continues on in 2.191, it says that oppression is worse than murder. Silencing individuals from their freedom of speech is worse than murder. And it continues on in 193, it says you may also fight them to eliminate oppression and to worship God freely. If they refrain, you shall not aggress. Aggression is permitted only against the aggressors. As far as I know, those uh, the uh, victims uh, in Paris, by no means were fighting in the sense of, yeah, they picked up arms and were physically fighting these people. You know, by no means were they aggressing in that manner that justified by any shred of doubt the actions that were carried on. And this, what, what took place was an absolute disgusting behavior and is highly frowned upon and highly condemned in the Quran. And God tells us exactly what we are supposed to do if someone is mocking our religion. And it's spelled out numerous times in the Quran. One of the examples is in 668. It reads, if you see those who mock our revelations, you shall avoid them until they delve into another subject. If the devil causes you to forget, then as soon as you remember, do not sit with such evil people. The righteous are not responsible for the utterances of those people, but it may help to remind them, perhaps they may be saved. So this is saying if someone is mocking your, your religion or mocking the revelations or mocking God's messengers, irrespective, the proper response is not to sit with these people right? Don't read their magazines. Don't participate in their forums. You avoid them. That is the proper response. You do not see it say, go and attack these people. This is found nowhere in the Quran. And God continues in 414, he says, he has instructed you in the scripture, if you hear God's revelations being mocked and ridiculed, you shall not sit with them unless they delve into another subject. Otherwise, you'll be as guilty as they are. God will gather the hypocrites, the disbelievers together in hell. And you think about this, there's a concept, it says, vote with your feet. You don't like something, leave. Vote with your eyeballs. You don't like something, don't go on the website. Uh, or vote with your wallet. Don't buy it, right? If it's a magazine that offends you, don't buy it. Let the free market decide the, uh, the outcome. If a lot of people feel the same way, that company will go out of business. And then your problem is solved. And so what is the punishment for someone who mocks our religion? And this is as extreme as we can get. It says, Oh, you believe, do not befriend those among the recipients of previous scriptures who mock and ridicule your religion, nor shall you befriend the disbelievers. You shall reverence God if you're really believers. So that is as far as we can go, as we can say, we are not going to befriend you. So the proper response would have been writing a letter saying, we are no longer, uh, part, you know, basically supporting your magazine, and we are not friends anymore. That's it. That's as far as you can go. God is telling you, if someone's mocking your religion, A, don't sit with them. If that doesn't work... Don't befriend them. That's it. 
that's all we have. We can say, for instance, I'm not going to basically participate in this action. And if you continue to persist, I'm not going to be friends with you. In 2563, it reads, The worshippers of the Most Gracious are those who tread the earth gently, and when the ignorant speak to them, they only utter peace. Again, God is constantly telling us that you know all kinds of freedoms in the Quran are strongly uh, advocated for. Freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of travel, freedom of economy. And when people strip away these freedoms from other people, they are the real transgressors. In 6.125, we read how to spread God's message. It says, You shall invite to the path your Lord with wisdom and kind enlightenment, and debate with them in the best possible manner. Your Lord knows best who has strayed from his path, and he knows best who are the guided ones. If you have a real problem with what someone is doing, challenge them to a debate. Have a formal discussion in a civil manner to discuss the merits of their argument. That is a lot more effective of an approach than using violence and belligerence, and this is actually a sign of a disbeliever using violence and belligerence. And it's read in, uh, you know, in uh, 2272, it says violence and belligerence, signs of disbelief. When our revelations are recited to them, clearly you recognize the wickedness on the face of those who disbelieve. They almost attack those who recite our revelations to them. Say, shall I inform you of something much worse? Hell is promised by God for those who disbelieve. What a miserable destiny, right? If these verses offend anyone, right, and it causes them to get angry, that when, especially the ones who call themselves Muslims, that this is a sign of disbelief. And we have to, we have to uphold God's uh, revelations. And God's revelations is the freedom of people, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, freedom of expression. And, you know, again, if we don't like something, don't participate in it, or don't befriend them, uh, or debate with them. These are the, the uh, proper responses. And just to emphasize how gross of an act this was, I'm going to read the verse again in 532. It says, Because of this we decreed for the children of Israel that anyone who murders any person who had not committed murder or horrendous crimes, it shall be as if he murdered all the people. And anyone who spares a life, it shall be as if he spared the lives of all the people. Our messengers went to them with clear proofs and revelations, but most of, this, the, uh, most of them, after all this, are still transgressing. Right? These people who carried out these acts claim to follow this Quran. And these are the real transgressors. And think about this. Why are they real transgressors? Obviously, the act that they committed is completely condemned in the Quran. To be an aggressor, to be an oppressor, uh, to, uh, to resort to violence. These are all traits of the disbeliever. But there's one other trait that these people have strongly missed that they you know, claim to be uh, Muslims and follow the religion of God, is that God strongly advocates in the Quran to make no distinction among any of God's messengers. You know, when was the last time you heard a Muslim outroar because someone was mocking Jesus or Moses or any of God's messengers? You never hear a peep. In 2.136, it says, say, we believe in God and what was sent down to us and what was sent down to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the patriarchs, and what was given to Moses and Jesus and all the prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction among any of them. To him alone we are submitters. And this is repeated numerous times in the Quran that we make no distinction among any of God's messengers. 2285, the messenger has believed in what was sent down to him from his Lord, and so did the believers. They believe in God, his angels, his scripture, and his messengers plural, messengers, continues on. We make no distinction among any of his messengers. They say, we hear and we obey. Forgive us our Lord, to you is the ultimate destiny. And if that's not enough, 384, 
say we believe in God and what was sent down to us and what was sent down to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the patriarchs, and what was given to Moses, Jesus, and the prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction among any of them. To him alone we are submitters. You know, in case someone missed, you know, these other verses, there's one more, right? That God is telling us we make no distinction among any of God's messengers. You know, why is it that the uh, the, the the Muslim community at large has such a uh, uh, such a high honor for the uh, the prophet at the expense of all other messengers that they elevate him to such a high level that is unwarranted? Because in uh, three one forty four it reads, Muhammad was no more than a messenger like the messengers before him. Should he die or get killed, would you turn back on your heels? Anyone who turns back on his heels does not hurt God in the least. God rewards those who are appreciative. So here it says, God is telling us Muhammad was no more than a messenger like the messengers before him. Anyone who elevates Muhammad as the, you know, the leader of all messengers and that he's the, the top of all messengers is committing a blasphemy and is going against what God is specifically saying repeatedly in the Quran that we make no distinction among any of God's messengers. But it's even worse than that, right? When was the last time that you heard Muslims get upset because they, someone was ridiculing God? Right? Who is their God? If they get so upset, so uh, extreme that the, the point that they're willing to take a life because someone is ridiculing Muhammad, and when someone ridicules and mocks God, you don't hear a peep. Who is their God? Right? They're elevating Muhammad above God. This is an absolute blasphemy. And if you don't believe me, think about it. Look at how many times God is ridiculed in pop culture and billboards in all kinds of uh, media outlets. And you never hear a peep. You never hear Muslims say, this is, this is wrong, this is blasphemous, anything. You know? But if they, they say anything or depict a prophet in any way that they don't find satisfactory, you hear entire groups of people just up in arms, ready to take a life over it. You know? Who is their God? God is telling us repeatedly that the religion shall be devoted absolutely to God alone. It says in 39.2, because the typical response from people when you say this is that, oh, well, Muhammad was so close to God and, you know, we idolize him to bring us closer to God. And this is an absolute blasphemy. And it's in 39.2 and 3, it reads, we sent down to you this scripture truthfully. You shall worship God, devoting your religion to him alone. This is not the religion of Muhammad. This is not the religion of Jesus. This is the religion of God. It continues on in 39.3. Absolutely, the religion shall be devoted to God alone. Those who set up idols beside him say, we idolize them only to bring us closer to God, for they are in a better position. God will judge them regarding their dispute. God does not guide such liars, disbelievers. If someone is believing that by uh, elevating the prophet, by having such strong... Um, such strong uh, you know, feelings that they're willing to get violent and belligerent for the prophet is not idol worship, needs to read this verse again. It says, absolutely, the religion shall be devoted to God alone. Those who set up idols beside him say, we idolize them only to bring us closer to God, for they are in a better position. And God is calling these people liars and disbelievers. 1652, it says, to him belongs everything in the heavens and the earth. Therefore, the religion shall be devoted absolutely to him alone. Would you worship other than God? You know, it, it's, you see it repeatedly, repeatedly. I mean, you walk into a uh, Muslim mosque and you see the word God and Muhammad right next to one another. 
You know, this is an utter blasphemy. God is telling us in the Quran in 72.18 that the, the places of worship belong to God. Do not call on anyone else beside God. When they called the, uh, the Adhan, the, the, the call to prayer, they mentioned the Prophet's name. This is an utter blasphemy. This is an utter con, uh, contradiction to the Quran. God tells us in 39, uh, 43, it says, Have they invented intercessors to mediate between them and God? Say, what if they do not possess any power nor understanding? Say, all intercession belongs to God. To him alone belongs all sovereignty of the heavens and the earth. Then to him you'll be returned. And this is the real proof if we believe in God alone. It says, when God alone is mentioned, the hearts of those who do not believe in the hereafter shrink with aversion. But when others are mentioned beside him, they become satisfied. If you are satisfied with any name beside God, that you cannot be satisfied with God alone, when someone mentions God alone, this is a sign of idol worship. And it's something that we need to fix, something that we need to correct. Repeatedly in the Quran, God is telling us to avoid all forms of idol worship, to make the religion devoted absolutely to God alone. And by no means, by no means, do we have any right to carry out violent, murderous acts and claim that that's coming from the Quran. It can't be farther from the truth. This is a direct act of someone who has no belief, someone who has fallen so far off the path that there is realistically probably no hope for this individual. So God willing, we're going to end there. If anyone's got any uh, comments or questions, feel free to hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com. Until next time, peace and God bless.